Hey everyone, it's Kai and Lafayette, and this is The, the Theory, Theory of Living. Living. Thanks for tuning in. We are able to bring you this episode thanks to our Patreon members. Patreon is a subscription-based platform where people can provide support for content creators like us. Thanks to our Patreon members and supporters, we are able to provide free content on the podcast and weekly episodes. By being a Patreon member, you'll have access to our entire podcast library, full video and audio episodes, along with much more. If you like this episode and you feel it adds value to your life, or you hate it, please subscribe on Patreon and or leave your review on Apple Podcast. And don't forget to mention it to your friends over your next beer. Truly, thank you again, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Dear of a Living. Uh, I know this is a uh, uh, comparably very formal introduction, but I've want, uh, always wanted to try it, so... There you go. How that feel coming out of your mouth? What did that taste like? Um, I'll never do that again. You'll never do it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just not my thing, um, or our thing. Uh, I just don't like to have that formality in our show. Um, so yeah, I don't like that. Maybe you guys can have uh, you know give us better suggestions for our intro, but um, I think it is pretty good as it is now. Yeah. Um, I think it hits the major and key elements of what we're trying to mm-hmm. convey to the audience. Right. So I have no problem with it, personally. Do you? I mean, I think it can be improved upon to a degree, right. perhaps. Maybe some of the, the sound editing, because it just kind of right. sounds like a business intro or, you right. know, like you're joining us for the 6 o'clock news. Join Kai and Lafayette for the 6 o'clock news. It seems a little, the, the sound seems a little ridiculous. Right. I, mean, I don't dislike it, but. It is, you know, it, it, it's not that it is a problem, right? I mean, but if we take all the forms and ins and outs of those shows and media while we, you know, criticize them a lot of times, right? I'm, I'm not saying, by the way, all medias are bad. We're not saying that, but Ours a lot of just times. Better. we've been you know criticizing and at least discussing the severity of uh imposed ideas and media consumerism and uh one of the characteristics is is formality right and um you know in certain situations formality is important Mm -hmm. but i think a lot of times uh it really clouds the or corrupts the nature of um uh, the subject. Yeah, I would agree. I definitely yeah. think there's an element to having roughness around the edges, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, we still trip upon our words. We still have the uhs, the likes, these yeah. things that are part of very everyday and normal conversation for the vast majority of the population. But again, you don't see that in the media because people have, they're reading from a script mm-hmm. or they've developed their social mm-hmm. skills and their speaking ability to the degree that they don't have the slip ups like we do and of course we want to take that to a minimal but it's it's gonna happen it's just part of normal human conversation human interaction Mm -hmm. and our podcast is is going to reflect that and try to capture that true bit of nature you know we're not reading from scripts we're not reading teleprompters you'll see a lot of things out there where Oh wow, that guy comes across really intelligent. Well, yeah, he's reading from a teleprompter or he's right. memorized the script. And again, there is a certain level of intelligence mm-hmm. involved with preparing your, you know, your show notes yeah. or what you're going to read aloud mm-hmm. to share it with somebody. I'm not knocking on those people, mm-hmm. but if you're doing that every time, you might lose the ability yeah. to become authentic or to be authentic in those moments. Yeah. I mean, we've read off of um, our screens a couple of times, um, but generally, we do not have a script. We do not have. It's not that we don't prepare for podcasts, but um, a lot of times for today's topic, for example, it's about fasting. You know, we're not going to go over you know a lot of scientific parts of it because we're not doctors, first of all. Um, not to say that we're not capable of learning these things or presenting those ideas properly, but just because it is just uh, you know redundant, right? I mean, you can you know look into it if you want investigate further but the real discussion we like to have on all podcast episodes is that through our experiences right yeah so that's why we don't really need a script um even though we talk about the overall structure of the episode 
Um, but that's why we do not have formal like script or you know teleprompter and things of that nature. Yeah, we don't want to lose the authentic element of conversation. Yeah, even between you and I. Mm-hmm. And again, we have notes typed up and mm-hmm. rough ideas, but we're not going to be speaking directly like line Kai line Kai was line you know yeah come on man what that's not what this is about this hey, is about be very authenticity. easy don't get me wrong I mean if we do that I mean it'll be really easy right I mean I'm not saying this is hard already but easy in that like we don't have to you know read things um in 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 the particular way right I mean yeah. we don't have to do that at all so yeah and speaking about what you mentioned with the fasting mm-hmm. so again our our backgrounds engineering we have a deep interest in philosophy mm-hmm. and verifying things via yeah. the data we have so there's right. a lot of empirical data we look at so this right. fasting is not purely anecdotal we're just not going to get into the science we can add those resources in the yeah. comment section the details and we can share that and of course yeah as it goes without say with every podcast the information we mm-hmm. present to you is purely information doesn't necessarily mean it's correct or it's wrong right and you need to research it yourself and have some experience right. around it yes uh we may make some mistakes uh may not at all i'm only saying this because this is not our um you know expertise correct that's the only reason i'm saying this but i'm pretty uh you know knowledgeable in this matter because i've been doing fasting for many many years now and I guess I will start with that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm wearing glasses today. Because <laughs> you can't see after all the fasting. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, years ago, I think it was about 2017 for me, um, I had been lifting, doing kickboxing and running, all the search that I love to do. And primarily lifting we were into lifting for a while in december Mm -hmm. 2016 and 17 right and then um i gained a lot of weight good weights by the way a lot of muscles um i'm only five seven but i went up to like 200 pounds you're pretty jacked yeah um so people would always ask me make comment on my you know on my body and how jacked I am if I'm Fuck a bodybuilder. Pigs. Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm I was really stocky. I mean two hundred pounds and you know, five seven is three frames very huge. heavy. And I was I maintained the weight for a long freaking time. Uh, because I liked it. I loved every part of it. Uh, the aesthetics and you know, lifting itself. And uh, from certain point I had many issues at my joints, uh, typically inflammation pain you know i had to wear you know uh tapes or sleeves to my uh wrist and knees and you know to prevent uh the whatever happening was happening to develop and i did that for a long time and i was just done with it this is not normal i had a seen doctor by the way mm-hmm. uh, they told me that oh you know you're just lifting too heavy whatever and i was thinking yes partially is true but really doesn't explain um you know i mean i was uh if that's the case i was sort of like that is not uh, a normal case right because there are a lot of bodybuilders do way more you know like about my size and 250 pounds whatever right so anyway um i didn't have any luck with anything else so i uh you know turned my attention to diet and i did a lot of research and I tried uh, many different diets, you know. Um, carnivore diet was one of them, uh, and keto and all that. And clean diet, uh, which is uh, mostly just organic foods without any added sugar, uh, flour, those kind of things. Um, so you've done a lot of variations of diets oh, yeah, and dieting because, methods. Mm-hmm. And primarily to lose weight in mind or to shred up? Was uh, that the primary goal no, of your diets? That was sort of like whatever. If I lose weight, yeah, I think that will be helpful, you know, for my joint problems. Uh, but if not, whatever, you know. Still, I would have, you know, different, uh, you know, experimenting ideas, conditions with the same condition on both cases, which is weight in, in this case, right? So... I tried all of them and I didn't, it didn't really fix my problem. 
Um, to a certain extent, it did, but largely it did not. So that's why um, I started intermittent fasting. And by the way, the clean IMFT. diet. <laughs> yeah, the clean diet really did good. Uh, good job for me. Um, the pain, probably ninety percent of the pain, uh, were gone. And um, but ten percent wouldn't still um, disappear. So that was a really big bummer, and I was desperate because, yes, in terms of pain, yeah, whatever I could have lived with the pain. But the idea that I had to live with the pain for the rest of my life <laughs> seems kind of seem, unreasonable, right? Yeah, unreasonable, <laughs> and I, I really it forced me to think that I have to do something about this. And I did further research, and I went into intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And intermittent fasting, you know, fasting in general has been um, in the fields of research for a long freaking time. Uh, I think it's longer than keto, by the way. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and then after four days of fasting, all the pain was gone. Wow, yeah. that's so, a pretty huge statement. Yeah. Four so, days. As you guys know, uh, fasting and keto, especially uh, fasting, is really uh, effective for a lot of autoimmune diseases, uh, inflammation being part of it. So uh, when I saw the research and the results, along with my results, uh, I was pretty positive that, okay, this is really not invasive. Um, There has been a lot of research, and there's minimum um, like negative side effects, Almost none mm-hmm. in this case for me. Um, and then the effect was pretty clear. So, you know, uh, I've been intermittent fasting, practicing intermittent fasting since then, basically. I mean, here and there, I, you know, did some, got out of fasting, intermittent fasting, but um, mostly, for the most part, I've done, uh, I've been doing intermittent fasting. You want to talk about your windows? So when you say fasting, are you mm-hmm. saying you're not? So I know what you're talking about, but maybe yeah. for somebody out there listening. Yeah, so intermittent fasting um, is basically out of 24 hours, you have a specific eating in the window. Um, in my case, eight. So 16 to eight is very typical. That's what most people most do. Most common, I think. Yeah, yeah. most common. Um, I've done it 18 and six, just cur- out of curiosity. I've done. Uh, I've tested many different uh, eating windows, uh, but. I personally personally didn't find any difference among them. The only difference was that the um, added convenience with the smaller uh, eating window. Yeah. Because, you know, you basically spend less hours of eating for eating, right? So that was, I guess, a benefit, but not very significant for me. Yeah. Wow, so you've been doing it for a while now. Mm-hmm. I think my first experience with fasting mm-hmm. goes way, way before that, but you'll probably have the same experience. So religious fasting, yeah. having grown up in a mm-hmm. Christian home of multiple denominations at varying times. Right. Uh, my mom had a strong interest in the Jewish festivals, yeah. which are surrounded with a lot of fasting. So there was a few different times mm-hmm. in my childhood where we went through fasting periods. I... Since I was very young, I've never really had a huge mm-hmm. appetite. So mm-hmm. being hungry has never really bothered me. I've been a very naturally slimmer dude, very yeah. hard to put on weight, and never really had trouble not eating. Yeah. So it was already like naturally something for me that I wanted to mm-hmm. do, or my body was lean more leaning towards that type yeah. of lifestyle. I didn't start doing it seriously until probably about actually the same time you did when i first moved up to new york i'd been doing Mm -hmm. intermittent fasting here and there but nothing like consistently and planned or methodically yeah but i found it to be absolutely the best and most efficient way to Mm -hmm. stay lean yeah and feel sharp and be healthy so i would do a similar window yeah mornings would start i'd have coffee every morning i wouldn't have lunch till Mm -hmm. one or two in the afternoon and then I would have my dinner about eight thirty or nine. Yeah, and that would that would be it. But it really worked very well for me. And I've tried so many different types of again diets, mm-hmm. specifically when I was trying to gain weight. Because for you guys out there who may not know, I was a personal trainer and gone to a 
personal training school in Austin that focused with the training element, but they also mm-hmm. have a subsection of nutrition. So mm-hmm. technically certified in both those, you know, right. whatever that means. The science has changed so drastically since mm-hmm. then. And again, we don't have robust exercise science or mm-hmm. nutritional data yeah. just because it's such a new field, really. So one thing to be mindful of is when anybody mm-hmm. suggests anything, even with fasting in this case, you know, go and try to find the data and the research to back it because mm-hmm. a lot of these things are fads. Fasting is yeah. one that's been around, though, for pretty much the dawn of time. I mean, people have been starving forever. Right. So there is a lot of data to help indicate and kind of guide you along the process. So I went from the same issues you were having with Mm -hmm. joint pain, specifically when I was lifting heavy, when we were lifting heavy together and I was bigger. Because at that that time too, I was about 200, you know, a little over 200 or, you know, right on the cusp of 200, I guess. Yeah. And I found lifting always, particularly with Mm -hmm. my shoulders, always getting injured. Just could not avoid it no matter what. I think that was primarily because we were doing chest mm-hmm. and we we're doing like flat barbell stuff. But yeah. in conjunction with moving away from specifically lifting yeah. in that method and then also fasting, I have almost no joint issues mm-hmm. at all. I'm lean pretty much all the time. All my friends are always, uh, you know, they're always shocked because on the mm-hmm. weekends we'll go out and have beers, I'll have burgers, I eat whatever I want, you know. If you saw me, you would have no idea that I'm fasting the mm. other times of the week. You yeah. would think, this guy is a pig. He eats whatever he wants, drinks whatever he right. wants. doesn't matter. But that's because Monday mm. to Friday, right. leading up to the weekend when we were in that 9 to 5 lifestyle. Mm. For me personally, I was very dogmatic in mm-hmm. the food I ate. It was very healthy all the time. But as soon as the weekend came, let's drink the beers. Let's yeah. eat the good food. And... You know, I've maintained pretty much my entire, not my entire life, but the vast majority of my life been mm-hmm. at 10% or under 10% body fat. Yeah. And again, that. I think that's partially genetics, but fasting plays a right. huge right. role in that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, during that uh, fasting period, a lot of things happen. And um, I mean, this was um, the most, one of the probably most famous studies uh, about fasting is that the 16 hour window fasting. Uh, in a mouse. By by the way, that six hour uh, you know fasting period hours to a mouse is way longer than six hours to us. We gotta you know make sure of that. And then their digestive system and our digestive system are completely different, right? So, but in a mouse, uh, um, the fasting experiment, they basically ate whatever they wanted, you know, whatever basically during their window during or- their eight hour window. Okay. They couldn't get weight, gain weight. Not really? Mice. Yeah. So um, the the possible wisdom they are saying is that the amount of enzymes in the liver, liver that oxidize, uh, oxidize fat increases. Uh, that, that was sort of like possible reason. Uh, but it, I think... Does it increase from the point in their fasting so that when they go into their eating window, they have that excess enzyme? Is that what you're saying? No. The, during the fasting, that enzyme increases. Okay. So yeah. Enzyme. During the fasting, yeah, it increases. Right. Okay. So, um, so again, the experiment um, it doesn't extend fully to humans, right? Because we have a lot of differences, right, between mouse and uh, yeah. a human being. But it does. Right, that's, that appears to be the case. I mean, from a lot of studies and our own experiences, and not just ours. I mean, if you talk to anybody who's been doing intermittent fasting for a while, a they can attest to the fact that you know it's kind of. I mean, also let's not forget the fact that it's so easy to do. I mean, easier. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> this is in comparison, by the way. You know, for example, even keto, you have to be very careful what you're eating, oh, right? Because in, in order to enter the state of a ketosis, you have to have a certain amount of, I mean, below a certain amount of uh, fat amount, right, intake. Yes, you can measure it. You can, you know, P-test, track the test. But it's hard. I mean, the thing is, though, it's easy to make a mistake. That's what I'm getting at. And on top of 
you know, all the, you know, detailed grocery lists and all that, right? Hey, man, what was that we saw? Keto cocktails the other day in Sedona? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you can get your alcohol. Keto. I'll, I don't know how effective it is, but I, I, I give that, you know, people try. People try. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the only thing I see from that. I mean, yeah, I don't to me, really it's just too like much thought of it. the most complex way to arrive to the same yeah. destination. They're like, okay, look, dude, we're going to get to where we're going we're gonna get to this island but how about instead of taking the speedboat Mm -hmm. we just i don't know let's make a canoe with our own hands right and then we're gonna paddle out there and maybe maybe we'll make it to the island meanwhile fasting's like in the speedboat like hey let's chill out for like 16 hours and then jump in the speedboat and get there yeah so like fasting intermittent fasting specifically uh you don't really have to worry about too much other than the eating eating um foods within the eating window um i mean i've done it i don't really do that for health reason but uh just for the purpose of uh losing weight or maintaining weight i can probably eat whatever i want a pizza burger of course within my calories maintaining calories within the eating window i wouldn't have any consequence to my weight yeah Um, no but, your weight, but again, health is more than weight, right? Yeah, of course. Everybody out there listening to this is not but the end all. Regardless all. of all that, I'm just saying that intermittent fasting, there's almost nothing to worry about other than eating within your window. Window. All right. Well, let's talk about. Yeah. I think the biggest thing mm-hmm. or issue and pushback I've had when I've mentioned fasting to yeah. friends or other people is, you know, I'm just I'm hungry. I feel sluggish unless I have yeah. breakfast. Or something along those lines, like oh, I just can't right. think or focus or have yeah. all these negative repercussions for skipping literally a single meal. Yeah, that's usually the pushback I get. Yeah, I think people. I don't remember the specific marker tied mm-hmm. to um, mm-hmm. hunger and the sensation of being hunger, mm-hmm. hungry, but there are studies, and again, we'll include these links and all the relevant materials for the people listening. Um, that based on how often you're eating, the frequency mm-hmm. of eating is going to have a direct impact on the levels of hunger you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, there's also the types of meals and the food you're eating are tied to satiate or uh, satiate. Thank yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why satiation. <laughs> I sometimes have a hard time. Yeah. yeah. You know the the sensation of being full essentially. Yeah. That's what the word is. And a lot of the problem though is that most people don't realize Mm -hmm. just like anything in your life if you haven't done it before Mm -hmm. no matter what it is it's going to be difficult at first (laughs) but eventually even with the fasting after a few days you know a week if you can keep your windows and maintain it and not break it you'll actually find that you don't get hungry yeah and we've all experienced this before Mm -hmm. we've all experienced where we're too busy, so we skip a meal and we feel crazy hungry, but then enough time passes and you mm-hmm. don't feel hungry at all. Right. Almost right. as if you had eaten the meal. Yeah, that 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 is pretty much the universal case um, among everybody, right? Um, because you just talked about the marker, uh, the, the typical uh, the substance that is associated with the level of hunger, right? But also... I get the questions a lot. That question a lot too. Uh, my experience is that yeah, I had a hard time too, man. <laughs> <laughs> the first week was hard. Yeah, when I did fasting for the first time, it was so foreign to me. Like just skipping. Okay, breakfast is more than breakfast to a lot of people, right? It's more yeah, than food. ritual. Ritual. You get yeah. together, have coffee. You know, with your coworkers. You know, sit together, complain about your employer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's it's a it's a ritual. I love breakfast, man. I do. I really mm-hmm, do with mm-hmm. the coffee. It's so good, but pastry and you know, oh, croissant. Pastry. I love it. So we do like on vacation and things like that, right? Yeah, sure. We're, again, the mm-hmm. fasting, any diet or exercise routine, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's got to serve you. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it has right. to be serving for you. Mm-hmm. Most people have just realized and mistaken, or sorry, not realized, but they've have failed to realize and have mistaken Mm -hmm. that breakfast they think it serves them but really it's harming them again because a lot of the things surrounding breakfast Mm -hmm. are at least here in the u.s they're high carb high sugar Mm -hmm. 
you know, things that do not give you satisfactions, things that you burn off almost instantly, mm-hmm. spike your insulin, and then crash you. Yeah. And then you're wondering why you're hungry at 11 o'clock. Right. And it's not even lunchtime. Right. You're starving, and you have literally done nothing. Mm-hmm. Purely, this is the effect of food. I'm not purely, right? There's a lot of processes involved right. with this, but directly correlated yeah. with the contributor, food. for yeah. sure. Yeah. So we're just we're addicted to a certain lifestyle that mm-hmm. again may not be benefiting us. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, it is hard, uh, but it'll it'll go away. I, I can guarantee you that. I can assure that it, it'll go away. Um, you know, it could. I, I you know it could take less days than you know some people for some of you uh, or longer even, but it'll eventually go away. Yeah, the hunger that you feel in the morning by skipping breakfast eventually goes away uh and from my experience it was about four days yeah yeah but for the four days i really had a hard time like not eating yeah and you know i mean this was a really common question when i started intermittent fasting hey can i drink a cup of coffee yes you can okay (laughs) thank god uh years ago you know that seemed to be not so clear to a lot of people uh, even in 2016 and 17, um, when I, you know, Googled, when I researched, a lot of people were asking the question, like, does that actually break the fasting? But it does not. Yeah. It doesn't seem to really break the fasting. And and again, so let me cut you off there. When we're talking about coffee, we're saying black coffee, guys. We're, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. we're not saying, you know, a typical Sugar American drink. coffee. Yeah. We're saying black, pure, nothing in it. If you want to add something to help with flavor and stuff like that, mm-hmm. go with like cinnamon. Yeah. It's really great. Can kind of kill some bitter flavors. So basically negligible calories, uh, yeah. five to fifteen, I would say. Um, but the most black coffee, a cup of coffee is about five to ten. So that doesn't really seem to. I don't know if it doesn't activate the digest digestive system at all, or it does, but it really ne- is negligible that um, it doesn't really break the fasting. I, I don't know uh, the exact reason, but. In terms of whether or not you know a cup of coffee breaks fasting, the answer is no. Yeah. Uh, and then also, uh, we've basically naturally talked about the benefits of fasting, but a lot of times uh, people say, and we, you know, pretty much experience it every day. Um, we typically eat after uh, after workout, right, around one or two, something like that. Or lately, three and four, <laughs> five <laughs> well, o'clock. We're, we're used to this, so guys. yeah. And uh, a lot of people say that, oh, you know, they'll feel sharper, they'll feel better. And there's a scientific explanation behind it is that because during the uh, the period of deprivation of food, um, we secret more um, epinephrine and uh, norepinephrine. Uh, epinephrine is basically just a, a adrenaline. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's why we feel sharper and better. Yeah, they actually used to sell it as ephedra. It's illegal <laughs> yeah. now, but it used to be in all these uh, mm-hmm. diet supplements specifically mm-hmm. designed right. to help you lose weight. Yeah. So there you go. There's another sign. Right. But again, people are having a lot of heart conditions and things because it's mm-hmm. essentially, not essentially, but mm-hmm. similar to speed in that regard. Yeah. And also another benefit is that you get to uh, have stable energy level. Um, you know, some people really don't experience high energy level during uh, during fasting, but I think commonly though, even if that's not the case, most people do experience uh, stable energy level without vacillating energy level. Yeah, know? I mean, without like actively checking. Mm-hmm your blood glucose level consistently, you know, probably what intravenously, how would you know? How would you know? I mean, we're going to be based off filling. Oh yeah. yeah, Capable. Right. And that's also a horrible metric because unless you go put yourself Mm -hmm. to the test, you know, whether it's going to be an endurance athlete, a power athlete, whatever your forte is, Mm -hmm. you can't really know if you have energy unless you're trying to expend it. You can have a perception of the energy you have, but usually that's not accurate. Right. I mean, we've all known this. We've all gone to the gym or gone to do some activity, whether it's Mm -hmm. mental or physical, and we feel freaking gassed, tired, Mm -hmm. like we have nothing to do it. But as soon as we start doing it, like, oh, shoot, actually, like, I'm sharp. I'm really good. Or, you know, and we we do all our training fasted. Mm -hmm. You know, we spend at least minimum two hours at the gym climbing and that's including power workouts and things of that nature and i have zero impact on my performance same here um i'm relatively new to climbing as you guys know but i used to run and lift 
even Muay Thai uh, in a fastest state. Didn't have any problem. The only thing that I had problem with was problem Muay Thai um, during explosive drills. That's when I had felt like, uh, you know, this is not maybe not the best. Um, yeah. So I would do Muay Thai workout in the evening after meal. That that was the um, only area that I felt a fast fastest state workout is not uh, the greatest idea. Also. Another exception for me was that running, generally, I would run in a fastest state. But if I were to run um, long miles, uh, for me, that would be about hour and a half uh, or two hours. Um, if I were to do that, then I would eat something because that's a, that's a suicide, especially in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Heat's on that you, beat down. Yeah, and there, you, you don't have basically any energy. You're not in ketosis. You're not going to tap into. Yeah, you, you can't know, reserve the, yeah. or get into the fat reserves. So it is really bad idea, and um, especially long run on a long run day. Not just oh, I I eat like about an hour before the running, but also I would pack um like electrolyte a, gel, yeah, gel and things, things like, like that. that has sugar and things yeah. like that. Um, and again, though, that's you can still fast yeah. and go yeah. do these things, right? You just have to play with your exercise time in yes. that regard i mean it has to do with your you know uh physical ability as well um but typically yeah. like yeah. a long run let's say like half marathon or marathon not a good idea to do it in the fastest i'm sure somebody has done it uh there's some freaks just, out there <laughs> some david goggins just like there's no reason to do that I just there's <laughs> no reason to do that you know yeah um but i mean you have to really experience it and then learn for yourself, yeah. um, and then find the establish the uh, the standards and rules for your around your. Um, yeah. Surrounding when you say running, it. he's he's not talking like four miles. He's talking actual distance. Yeah. You know, like, four miles is nothing in comparison to what yeah. you're talking. Did I say about. four miles? No, no. I'm just uh, saying when because oh, okay, you know, right, without right, being yeah. specific, somebody can hear that and be like, "Oh man, I can't go do my one mile jog unless I have food." It's like, bro, get, get the hell out of here! What are you talking about? <laughs> you can do a mile, okay? You can do, you know. Again, this is going to depend on you and your Fitness condition level, level and yeah. all those things, yeah. but. We're talking about when you're tapping into like your actual yeah. endurance, yeah, um, different energy systems mm-hmm. and all the things available to them. Yeah, so that's why if you uh, if you look at the ultra marathon training, uh, I'm not training. I'm sorry, uh, the race, hundred miles, whatever. Like in their uh, eating station and water, like they eat pizza and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Something well like that. earned. Something like that. It's not a healthy food at all. Yeah. But, yeah. And again, though, I mean, mm-hmm. fasting is more than just mm-hmm. about losing weight, right? You also have to make sure you're getting your daily intake, your mm-hmm. vitamins, minerals. Unfortunately, like our friends mentioned who's a doctor, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of our food is fortified with all these things. So yeah. it's pretty hard to have an imbalance or right. a lack thereof. But you'll need to be mindful of what you're consuming. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the greatest things about fasting is that I don't have to count calories. Don't right. worry about it. I don't think about it. Yeah, I mean, I pay attention. I have a mm-hmm. rough idea of how many calories I'm consumed. Yeah. But I've never entered anything to a log. Mm-hmm. Or I never put anything down in my notes or think, like, I can't have that. It's too many calories, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Usually the considerations we make for food is, uh, is this processed? Mm-hmm. Does it have a lot of preservatives? You know, is it whole food? And, yeah. and all those things. Those are the considerations mm-hmm. that go through my mind rather than calorically how dense is this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, fasting, you, we talked about um, weight control, right? But also, it's not just for weight control, right? I mean, it has a lot of benefits, like we talked about earlier. You know, autoimmune diseases, you know, stable insulin level. There's, therefore, less uh, vacillating energy level. You know, there are a lot of benefits. Yeah. Uh, but... Again, for me, it was uh, joint pain, inflammation. Uh, that was the reason that I did this. And, um, you know, I think I'm going to continue to do this just because it's so easy. I, I just don't – I can't really think of eating – having breakfast anymore <laughs> on a normal day because yeah. it's so that, – that has become my norm, you know. Again, y- y- on a special occasion like vacation or – you know, beautiful place or whatever, or you, you know, just hang out with your friends uh, on a Saturday morning, and they want to go to IHOP. I would go IHOP. You know, <laughs> I love pancakes. <laughs> no problem. 
And um, I guess let's move on to next subject, which is autophagy. Um, I've been doing this for about a little over a year now. Um, autophagy is, I mean, okay, before you go with actual autophagy, what am I talking about? So on top of the intermittent fasting that I had been doing, um, I also added a three-day fasting. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've been doing this quarterly. Uh, I ran into ran into this idea uh, when I was watching Joe Rogan's podcast, or before that. I don't Who's know. Who's Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Uh, so he is a uh, stand-up. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so Peter Atia. I'm not sure if he was talking about this on Joe Rogan's podcast. I think it was before that. Uh, I ran into him. Uh, he was talking about something. <laughs> it was years ago on uh, TED Talk. He was talking about insulin resistance and things like that. And um, anyway, he he does three-day fasting. I don't know if he mm-hmm. still does it, but when I ran into uh, his talk, um, he, he was doing it. So three-day fasting, the reason I'm doing this is to, uh, is to induce this metabolic process called autophagy. So typically in a fasted state, more than 48 to 72 hours, the autophagy process can be induced, and um, the this is a survival mechanism basically. So what it does is that it breaks down cells, and then it uses their break breakdown products to sustain survival. So it's a little bit different from apoptosis, which is to which is basically a programmed a mechanism to kill certain cells like a cancer cells. Mm-hmm. So this is already predetermined, pre-programmed mechanism, yeah. apoptosis. But autophagy is not. Autophagy is induced, you know, in this period of nutrition, nutrient deprivation, which means that you need to survive, right? Yeah. So what body does is that basically eating, eating itself, right? Mm, delicious. <laughs> so um, breaks down cells, use those two, sustain survival that's what it does and as you do it uh you can basically you know uh replace a lot of damaged cells and you know things of that nature so he was doing it for the for the purpose of um studying longevity i think that's his specialty um so i did it for the first time about a year and a half ago um very hard by the way the first first attempt was the hardest um fasting in my in my whole life <laughs> and i think that was largely due to uh, the caffeine withdrawal symptoms i had a Ooh, i had headache, a massive headache yeah. for entire three days yeah but um second time gets better third time is better and we just did it last week and yeah, that was what your fourth we last week and uh it's doable yeah it's yeah not that bad i yeah that was really your first time right uh first time fasting? doing it in this regard Okay. I've done it religiously before as a right. kid, right? But that was so far behind me, I don't even remember it. Right. You want to talk about I'm your sure experience? I've done it. Yeah, I mean, again, similar to what I was saying before, mm-hmm. I never really had a trouble with having a lack of appetite or not eating. Yeah. So first day, super chill, super easy. Honestly, second day, mm-hmm. not that bad. But that night, it was different. And I've experienced this before yeah. when I've done some hardcore calorie restriction. Mm-hmm. But had really hard time sleeping, mm-hmm. um, night sweats, tossing and turning, just could not get to sleep. And then when I finally did, mm-hmm. I woke up, ugh, I don't know, a few hours later, yeah. basically just couldn't sleep. And at that point, I said, okay, as soon as I hit the 72-hour mark, mm-hmm. I'm done just because this is having an impact on my sleep. And that's, you know, I think arguably yeah. more important than being fasted is your sleep, the impact it has on your overall health. <laughs> so, you know, at that point, I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I'll get through this, get to the 72-hour period, yeah, and then have some food. And that's what we did yeah. and had a lot of food, too much. And that, yeah, that made a little sick, you know, but... Should have, you know, stopped you, but i rather joined you. <laughs> it was great. It was glorious. I mean, if we would have stopped with the curry, right. it would have been fine. Yeah. But, you know, so, for punishment... Um, any of you who wants to try this, make sure that uh, you don't break your fast with bad food or a lot in yeah. terms of amount. That's that's just uh, not a good thing to do because your stomach is so has been empty for three days. It's more wise to um, eat something easier on your stomach, something soft, and you know have 
progressive meals instead of just one large meal. That's not a good yeah. There, there's an issue with the electrolyte balance in the water mm. you have in your system as well mm. that can induce the sensations of wine right. to vomit, nausea, headache. I had a headache for probably mm. two days after that from that time, and yeah. that was just because we too much sugar spiked the insulin. Blah right. blah blah. But the other thing that we forgot to mention was that during this three-day fast, mm-hmm. you know, typically your digestive tract and your organs are all mm-hmm. doing these things to help digest the food, put energy where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And during that three-day fast, your organs actually get to rest mm-hmm. and recuperate a bit. So your yeah. energy systems can focus on the other things like autophagy, survival, blah, right. blah, blah. So it's kind of like a great reset state. Yes. And I haven't done it before till yeah. this time. And as an adult, at least. Mm-hmm. So I was very interested to see the results. And yeah. I mean, afterwards, pretty, pretty drastic results, I felt yeah. like. And of course, they're anecdotal. We're going to have to try this more often and document some of the findings mm-hmm. that we had. But I found even though the first day back climbing, the energy levels were lower, but the power was better. I felt sharper. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you had a pretty drastic experience again i mean you're new to climbing right but you went from being able to hang on or you couldn't even hang on this like 18 millimeter edge Mm -hmm. and then today you went and hung off a 14 15 millimeter edge pretty casually which was very surprising to see um so there seems to be again we can't correlate it right we don't have enough data to even suggest that but yeah but there's some very real health benefits, even if they are just purely placebo in some yeah. regard. Um, but I would definitely highly recommend yeah. trying this to anybody yeah, absolutely. because it can't um, hurt you. Three-day fasting is not really um, dangerous. doesn't seem to be that way. But um, you need to be careful if you want to do more extended uh, period of time for fasting because... Um, in the 90s so basically they found in the 90s early 90s um, that when they disabled this uh, apoptosis in a cancer cell they found that which puzzled everybody at the time they the cancer cell still survived through autophagy (laughs) so autophagy is a pathway for cancer survival so really strange thing is that Autophagy can protect a person from uh, from getting cancer, but once someone has cancer, it seems to actually disproportionately benefit the cancer cell than the regular cell. Yeah. So you got to be really careful if you want to do longer fasting, because again, autophagy. In case you have cancer, right? Yeah. Right. That's why you need to investigate uh, and research this a little further. But this is what I know for sure: that less assuming that if you have a cancer, uh, autophagy can be a very bad thing. Yeah, and yeah. that depending on the length of the fast, right? Yeah, because because three days is I I would still say that is is safe because it can take up to seventy two hours to even induce autophagy. Yeah. So you know it's really insufficient time yeah if you're somebody that's struggling with that idea then you need yeah. to you know consult your medical yeah, practitioner I just wanted to all those other people you know uh, present all the ideas so that you can but i strongly recommend to still research i mean this is you know my knowledge very shallow knowledge based on my experience my research you know i still pay attention to it because i don't want to get behind it yeah, but uh, still, you need to just because we're not doctors, you know, we're not no. asking you to do anything. I just and another thing to consider is a lot of doctors actually don't even study this in oh, depth, yeah. right? They're specialists. <laughs> it, the, they know what it is. Yeah, but, the medical field is huge. It's vast. It's complex. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the traditional education is how you mm-hmm. respond mm-hmm. and to treatment, right? You yeah. how you give treatment to someone who's already ill. Yeah, uh, fasting is something we would consider preventative in that regard right though there might be applications for remedy to certain illnesses and conditions but again you would have to go and look for the the papers the doctors Mm -hmm. the people that have spent their life studying that absolutely um especially on the subject of autophagy uh aileen white i think she's the leading leading uh researcher in the country um she was on peter atia's podcast the other day 
or the other days and years ago. I don't know when exactly. But, <laughs> um, <clears throat> she's the leading, uh, one of the leading at least uh, researchers. So if you are really uh, curious about autophagy, then uh, you can visit her website or her uh, lab's website and mm-hmm. get more information. And um, when it comes to fasting, intermittent fasting, there are so many researchers out there today because there have been so many studies done. Um, so you can look into, you can find a lot of good studies on yeah. that. You know, yeah, and especially if you're trying to tackle weight loss, maybe you're somebody mm-hmm. that's struggling with your health, weight, you know, emotional states, or things of mm-hmm. that degree. Uh, we'll share the info in the, some links and some videos mm-hmm. to go check out. But there seems to be some strong studies to indicate that just a calor a caloric deficit is not going to be enough to keep weight off. You might be successful in the short term, but looking at people over a year's length, right, trying to just do a caloric deficit, typically just end up right back where they started from. Right. So another really benefit of this intermittent fasting that, or the reason we know it is so efficient uh, at you know weight loss is that because it really stabilizes insulin level, right? Because if you look at the other side of it. People who are insulin resistant, they have a really hard time get, uh, losing weight. Yeah. Um, again, the the exact mechanism is not. Uh, I'm not an expert, but in very short, plain English terms, the fat cells are not. Basically, the the uh, the ability of insulin is impaired. Therefore, it is harder to uh, dispose uh, glucose, meaning that the glucose can cannot be really um, broken down from uh, cells. I think that, that that was my understanding. So basically, if you're uh, insulin resistant, it's harder to lose weight. Yeah. Right? So that's why um, the intermittent fasting is also effective uh, at um, you know weight loss rather than just having a um, stable level of insulin. Yeah. By fasting, you allow yourself to reduce your resistance to insulin. It's like any other drug. Yeah. We just think of it differently because it's in our bodies and naturally produced. Mm-hmm. But just like any drug out there, for the most part, mm-hmm. eventually you develop a tolerance to it. Insulin mm-hmm. is no different, and we've been abusing the drug for a very long time because right. culturally we've evolved into a place where we consume as much as we can as often as we can. Yeah. And for the long time, and again, this is no fault of a lot of people, this has just been the science that was supported and also government-backed to mm-hmm. say have a lot of meals through the day, keep your metabolism firing. You know, this was thought to be, and still is in a lot of circles, to be the most effective way to combat weight and weight loss. Yeah. And there just seems to be research coming out year after year to suggest that that is the most impractical, ineffective way. Like, how many times have we talked about this? Mm -hmm. The health industry has grown exponentially, yet 70%, more than 70% Mm -hmm. of Americans are overweight or obese. Right. Dude, that's absurd. More than two-thirds of people are overweight. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Um, I don't know. I think, you know, you just talked about, mentioned it a little bit. It's it's more than um, the the practical reasons, right? I think a lot of it is, um, like, created for us. Like, for example, like, you know, I'm not going to shit on zero companies, but that's the... uh, the slogan of, uh, you know, Sarah companies. I'll right? shit on them, those fuckers. <laughs> Taking advantage of the people. The most important meal of the day, yeah, breakfast. The fuck okay, we're not here. saying again that breakfast is bad. Okay, we're not really formulating that idea, no. No. It's just that uh, a lot of times, I mean, there are benefits of skipping it. Okay, that's all we're saying, okay? We're not really pushing the idea that breakfast is bad. Don't have breakfast. You know, we're not saying no, that. No, no. Um, Your window could be breakfast. I mean, like yeah, yeah. it really can be. Oh, actually, there was a, a study done, pretty recent, because uh, okay, intermittent fast is 16, 16 to eight hours, right? And eight hours they experimented uh, throughout the day, like six to uh, two, right, and one to nine, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then they found that it's more beneficial to do it, you know, uh, during the day, yeah. morning to day, basically, rather than like afternoon to like night. Nighttime, mm. yeah. That kind of makes sense, though. <laughs> it seems like, you know, of course, it's easy right. to say, well, that makes sense, and that right. can lead you astray big time. But mm. to me, that kind of makes sense. The further you get away from your sleep 
time yeah. to digest and do all that. Absolutely. The, Absolutely. Probably the better time for your right. body to repair more effectively. Not have to worry about digesting while you're sleeping. Right. By the time you go to bed, your insulin level is stable. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then you get the extra eight hours you know, of sleep, ideally. Ideally, you're getting right. your full amount of sleep. We could do a whole other episode on sleep because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of misinformation and yeah uh, i mean there's a lot of stuff on sleep mm-hmm. so but anyway i uh, just we just wanted to talk about this um you know through our experiences because fasting is you know one of the one of the big parts of our lives i guess right mm-hmm. because we we've been doing this for a long time and uh really beneficial and in many ways not just health but you know in terms of weight weight control in terms of performance right mm-hmm. a lot of sports that we like to do uh so we just wanted to talk about this so that we can present the ideas to uh, you guys and then you can maybe look into it yeah. yeah i will say there's two guaranteed things that you can say that mm-hmm. fasting is good for i don't need data to back it up mm-hmm. because by definition they'll be true you fast and skip a meal you save money <laughs> yeah for sure because you're not buying that meal save time as well save yeah. time as well mm-hmm. number two you're doing something that's disciplined so you're taking action and making choice for your life yeah 100%. so anytime you're disciplined in any area of mm-hmm. your life it has better ability to be more disciplined in other areas yeah so those two alone can be huge factors mm-hmm. of why you should maybe even try fasting i can save yeah. some money and maybe i can become a little more disciplined individual right so even without all the health benefits, longevity, all the other things that, that it's offering, fasting mm-hmm. alone offers those two unique yeah. benefits. Yeah. And just lastly, um, start slowly. If you're not really confident, if you're not sure that you can do like 16-hour fasting, then start slowly. Yeah, because you can also yeah. – so the other thing we forgot to mention is that you can do the fasting – one day you fast, the next day you don't fast. Right. You can play with it until mm-hmm. eventually you can be like, I'm going to fast every day of every right. week, mm-hmm. intermittent fasting or whatever you want your windows to be. Mm-hmm. Or you can just alternate every other day, well, maybe twice a week. Yeah. You know, maybe you save yourself up for the weekend to mm-hmm. not fast. Yeah. Or maybe you're just going to alternate. There's so many different ways to do fasting. Mm-hmm. You do one meal a day, two meals a day. Yeah. You can break it up your week, your month. There's a lot of variability, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's going to be beneficial even if you just do it once a week because mm-hmm. it's still going to affect your insulin resistance. Yeah. That statement, I'm not 100% sure, but, um, you know, whether like once once a week fasting can actually have positive impact on insulin level, that I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe, you know, we can look into it later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. I think we've talked about most of the stuff that we wanted to talk about. Um, right? Yeah. I think that'll be it. I'll wrap yeah. it I up. Mean, if you guys have any questions, uh, let us know. Um, but otherwise, thank you guys. Thank you. Time to read some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's this week's episode of the Theory of Lumen Podcast. Thanks for listening with us. We are Lafayette and Kai. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you'd like to help support us, we have a Patreon page where you can subscribe for exclusive content. Also, please share it with others who you think may find value in our discussion. Leave a rating, a review, and please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you again. See you next time.